You're about to enjoy an It Takes Three Network podcast. Welcome back to Let's Talk OC, and OC podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Liz. And this week we're discussing Season 3, Episode 24, The Man of the Year, also known as the penultimate of Season 3. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh my we gosh. Are here. We're here. <laughs> How? Yeah. How? I, yeah. I mean, all of that, as I we know. say every week. But truly, whoa. How? Yeah. I know. Quarantine just like took over and all these weeks just became months. And you're like, oh, my God, we're already at the end of our shows. Just crazy. Yes. The original air date for this episode was May 4th, 2006. It was written by Stephanie Savage and directed by Tony Formby. So for the summary this week, I took it from the DVD case because it made me laugh. And so I wanted to (laughs) share it. Oh, I can't wait. So here is the summary according to the box set of the OC series. Okay, Sandy's picture will be on the cover of Riviera, or if the DA has his way, a mugshot. <laughs> More troubles. Volchuk blackmails Ryan into a crime. Kirsten is drinking, and Seth burns down his dad's office. Didn't mean to. Honest. That's awesome. I was like, wow, that's a very good summary. That's like a very Gossip Girl summary, I right? feel. Like, very, like, quirky but sassy at the same time. Yeah, like, whoever wrote that, I I much appreciate it. I think I'm just going to read them from the DVD box set. From now on, I know. Because they're so entertaining. Uh, The scoop of the week provided by our friend Michael Dell underscore Vasto on Instagram. He writes, the scoop of the week is Ben and Jerry's half-baked chocolate and vanilla ice cream mixed with fudge brownies and gobs of chocolate cookie dough, and I put roasted marshmallows on it. Oh. I know. <laughs> I, I added roasted marshmallows. That, like, no big deal. Half-baked used to be one of my OG favorites. As I've gotten older, like, it's too, a little bit too sweet for me, but putting roasted marshmallows on top, that that's, like, something else. It's also just such an elevated version yeah. of Mike, a Mike, you always just take it that one level yes. above. This is why he has this job. <laughs> no one else can do as no well as he does No one else can do this it. job. <laughs> I wanted an ice cream flavor that was half-baked and had brownies to go with Seth getting high. Mm-hmm. I put roasted marshmallows on top to symbolize the Newport group being burnt down or roasted. Cute. The mix of chocolate and vanilla ice cream portray the mix of the light and dark side that is in Ryan. And then we have Teresa trying to pull out Ryan's good side to have that come through, but then Kevin is pulling on his dark side. Oh, so poetic. I mean, literally, like, every week, I'm just so impressed. Yeah. Me too. There's been no cop-outs, too. No cop-outs. If anything, he's always went, like, the beyond extra mile to, like, figure something out. Maybe I'll hire him for some glass full of gossips next season. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, you know, as we go into season four, do we keep Scoop of the Week, or is Mike going to have another snack? Maybe we'll let the people vote. Like, what do you guys want? Do you want snack? Do you want something different? We're sure Mike can deliver whatever it is, so we're just volunteering him for that spot. Sure, and no pressure. (laughs) And no No pressure pressure at all. Always. No pressure. (laughs) 
All right. So as we get into this episode, we pick up right where we left off. Ryan mm. is hovering over in unconscious Volchek. Yeah. He's checking. <laughs> yeah. He's checking to see if he's alive. He's, you know, hovering his hand over his mouth and over his nose. And things aren't looking good. Scary. He could have literally killed someone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And this is it. Right this before big... you go to college, dude. Yikes. Well, I... I mean, I think this is what was going through Ryan's mind of the, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, shit, I probably just killed someone. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Ryan, he get, takes Volchuk's van. He drives into the hospital. He pulls up. He yells to the attending staff that he needs help. And they're asking him, do you know the guys that mm. did this? And then Volchuk speaks up and he says, no, they got away. Yeah, I got jumped. So he Ryan's covered like, for uh... Ryan. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what do you think about that? I was surprised. No, actually, I shouldn't say I was surprised. It makes sense because Volchok, like, instigated this entire thing. So the fact that he's going to be, like, bleeding out in the hospital is his fault, really and truly, sort of. Even mm-hmm. though Ryan should have been the adult and not beat the shit out of him. But, like, everyone wants to beat the shit out of Volchok at this point. Right. Can you blame him? Can you blame him? No. But, and then... You know, it makes sense to me that Volchuk would use that as, like, leverage. Like, I won't blame you, but now you have to do something for me. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So Ryan gets home from the hospital. He gets a call, and it's from Teresa. She is talking about how she had to explain to the guy that she's seeing about prom. He doesn't really understand because he's 28. Because he's 28. 28. I just... Wow. Yeah. I didn't expect him to be 28. I guess she's very mature now and, you know, looking for something that's obviously more stable, as we'll get into in the episode. So the fact that he's 28 doesn't completely throw me, but I was surprised that she said that. I was, too. And she's just talking so nonchalantly about it. And then she talks about being in the limo after prom and being with Taylor and (laughs) Sung Ho. And they probably were talking about threesomes. Yeah, that was funny. And then she asks Ryan if he wants to hang out later, and he's like, oh, I have to handle something first. And he's being super vague about it. Yeah. So then he gets off the phone with her. Seth is entering as he's hanging up. He's bringing him coffee, and Seth is so happy. He's over the moon and chipper because things are finally better. Well, yeah. That's what happens when you tell the truth. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, when you're honest, everything just works out, and it's great. And then Ryan goes, okay, cool. So are you going to tell Sandy and Kirsten about Brown? And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to tell them just yet. Yeah, I'm going to wait until I get my acceptance letter from RISD. Mm -hmm. Typical Seth plan. (laughs) But it's a lot of eggs in one basket. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, he hasn't actually got accepted yet, right? Correct. Okay, so there you go. (laughs) Yeah. So meanwhile, in Sandy's office, he gets a call And he is going to be man of the year in Riviera Magazine. Mm -hmm. He heads to the kitchen to tell Kirsten. And he's so excited. He can't believe it. Like, the dark days are over. And Kirsten is super skeptical about all of this. Oh, yeah. And she's also, like, super shocked because that was something that Caleb was. You know, oh, of course you're man of the year. You basically just took over and is becoming a mini Caleb. And, you know, I'm not okay with this. What a scary thought of mini Caleb. Oh, God. Ooh. And you're hu- and you're being your husband. Like, you thought your dad was bad enough. Now your husband's turning into him. I know. Ugh. 
Ryan and Seth, they enter the kitchen and Kirsten makes a statement about like Riviera man of the year and congrats your dad on it. And Sandy's super excited. He's like, you guys need to come. You got to dress up. This family is on a good streak. Like, let's try and enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And so Sandy heads out. Ryan heads out. And (laughs) Seth looks at his mom because his mom doesn't look too happy. And he asks if she's excited. And all she says is it's going to be good for his career. Yeah. It's good for your dad. Yeah. Which is really saying a lot because it's like, "Mm, I'm not the happiest with this situation. But career-wise, yes, on paper, it'll look great. Right. So over at the Roberts Cooper household, Marissa, she wakes up from a phone call and it's Mini Coop. Yeah, it's been a minute. I know. And she needs Marissa's help desperately because there's a letter that is addressed to Julie and Marissa needs to grab it and make sure that Julie does not see it. Right. So after the phone call, Marissa visits Summer in her bedroom and Summer is very, very much hungover. Oh. Don't envy that. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, how come I was woken up by a phone call, Coop? And she explains that it was Caitlin talking about how she needs her help, about hiding a letter from school. And then Summer comes to the conclusion of, oh, shit, I left a letter on Sandy's desk before prom. Right. Which she forgot she did this. She did forget. She remembered last night, but then she guess she forgot it again. Yeah. So Summer, she stops by the Coens, and she's trying to sneak into the office. She's trying to see where the letter went, but Sandy already took his pile of work to the office with him, Mm -hmm. and in that pile of work was the letter. Yeah. You know what bothered me about this? Hmm. Um, In the the scene where she tells Marissa about the letter, she's like, oh, I can't tell Seth about it. He'll just be too upset. I'm like, bitch, he just got through a whole lot. Like, you, you just won a big battle. Like, he'd understand, in my opinion. Like, oops, I left the letter. Please go get it before your dad sees it. And, like, all is well again. To me, right. I would have been, like, I would have totally said it because, like, you owe me one. <laughs> you owe me a million, but you owe me one here. I 100% agree with you. And the fact that Marissa's, like, just ask Seth to do it. Right. Like, She's like, duh. just do it. And not for nothing, he can't really get that mad at her because he's been in the doghouse for weeks. Right. That's what I mean. Right. And he gave her that with the notion of like, hey, if I ever screw up or lie again, you have my full permission to give this to my parents. Exactly. So I don't know why all of a sudden we're caring so much uh, Summer. Right. Like you're it's not your problem anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But, but Seth, I get it. yeah, but Seth catches her in the office, and they head upstairs to make up and make out. And all she's so distracted by her thoughts, and she keeps asking Seth, like, "Hey, where did your dad go? When is he going to be back?" And Seth's like, "Why are you thinking about my dad when we're making out?" And she's like, "I need to tell you something." Yeah, and he's like, "Okay," and of course, she doesn't. She, she chickens out. She chickens out. She can't say it, so she's just going to lie about it. No. <laughs> These two. They're meant for each other. These they two really are, are so meant for each other. They're incredibly frustrating. Yeah. So Ryan, he meets Marissa at the diner to give her the money that Taylor, that went missing, and he gives her the money to give back to Taylor, the $5,000 from the prom after party. And he tells Marissa, I don't want to talk about it. 
no questions asked. Just please give this money to Taylor. It's handled, and that's it. I wonder and why Ryan couldn't give Taylor the money. <laughs> that's a good question. You know, like, why do we have to go through Marissa? It's well, because she I, was once social chair, and now she's, like, still a part of this thing, or... I think it has more to do with trust. He knows Marissa's not going to question him on it. Yeah, it's true. Taylor would ask him 50,000 questions. Right, and like what explanations. happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So Marissa, she takes the money and she's like, all right, she agrees. She's about to get up. She's like, oh, I'm actually going on a road trip this weekend or in a couple of days. I think it's the weekend because they said graduation's Monday. Monday, yeah. So maybe prom was Thursday, Friday? Yeah, maybe it was a Friday and now we're on Saturday and she's yeah. going maybe for the day. I mean, Saturday I'm into sure Sunday, whatever. This these days it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Just, but we I'm always just you know. on it. Sure. <laughs> but he stops her and he's like, Hey, can I buy you breakfast first? Which I loved. Yeah, sweet. Because friendship. These yeah, two she's have like, a bond. okay. <laughs> I know. It was really cute. So after breakfast, Ryan, he stops by Volchuk's to see how he is. And Volchuk pretty much blackmails him and mm-hmm. sets it up of the fact of, hey, either you help me or I'll tell the cops that you assaulted me. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I have nothing to lose. You have everything to lose. So you're my little bitch. Yeah. That's why you're a little bitch. <laughs> Which I was like, Ugh. Yeah, you got a point, but I still feel like all this could have been avoided. But whatever. Yeah, totally. It's Ryan handling it in his way. Right? right. Mm-hmm. So Marissa, she heads to Caitlin's boarding school. She gets to the dorms, which I'm assuming they're more like dorms in this yeah. area. Yeah. And so she knocks on the door, and her roommate Hadley answers the door, and she's like, oh, my God, hey, bitch. Yeah. I love seeing young Lucy Hale. She's like. The same character in every show that she's on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she's I so just, cute. Everything is just, hey, bitch. She goes, your sister is here. And Caitlin is surprised to see Marissa. And Marissa needs explanation for the letter. So the girls explain that there's this guy named Trevor Knightley. And Caitlin turned down his invitation to a lipstick party. And so because she turned it down, the headmistress thinks that Caitlin took a crest from her office because that's what he told the headmistress. Gotcha. Yeah, I w- didn't really understand what the altercation the was here. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And so the problem here is that Caitlin's been in trouble before. This would be her third strike, and yeah. she could get kicked out of school, and Julie wouldn't like that. Right. And he's like an A-plus student, so they don't believe he would do anything like that. Sure, they would take his word over hers. Yeah. Makes sense. So Marissa, she notices a girl wearing a short plaid skirt, and she instantly gets an idea to help them out. <laughs> so Marissa, she dresses like a naughty schoolgirl. She approaches Trevor, and she starts out with an English accent, saying that she's a foreign exchange student from London. Which he calls her out and he's like, yeah, I could call a fake. I mean, I could spot a fake accent from a mile away. I studied abroad. And she goes, okay, fine. I'm a stripper. Your friends hired me for your birthday. And my birthday was months ago. (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, dude, do you want me to take my clothes off or what? Right. 
Like, just shut up. Yeah. So he thinks about it, and he's like, yeah, no, actually, I want this to happen. So Marissa drags him to a supply closet in which he's like, why are we doing it in here? She makes him take off his pants because that's the way they do it in Vegas. (laughs) He sits down, and she takes the hair ties, the ribbons from her pigtails. She ties his wrist to the chair, and then she steals his pants, which have the keys to his dorm room, runs out and gives the keys to Caitlin and Hadley. So everything is good now. They got the crest back. Caitlin thanks Marissa for helping. It's a really, really sweet sister moment. Yeah. And I felt like I'm going to save my comments for After Dark. Me too. About this moment. Same. <laughs> yeah. What was funny about this scene is how Hadley is, and she makes a point to say, you know, the way Caitlin talked about you, I thought you'd be totally wasted. Yeah. And you'd have all these problems. Yeah. But she's it was turning just really, it around. <laughs> yeah, she's turning it around. And Caitlin and Marissa, they hug and they decide that they do have to keep in touch and hopefully see each other more often. Right. So meanwhile in Newport, Ryan and Teresa, they get together for dinner. And she talks about the fact that how well she's doing, how she has a nanny, And how Ryan has also come a long way. But she also notices that Ryan's hand is messed up. And she knows the only way it could look like that is from someone's face. Yep. And she is pissed. She's so pissed. And she's so worried about him. And then Ryan's phone rings. And she's like, fine, go get your phone call. And she pretty much tells him, like, you know what? My life has totally changed. I cannot be with someone who's like my brother or like yours. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried about you. You have something good going here. I love you. You better keep safe. And she heads out. Yeah. I did get like a little emotional at this part because I felt I too. so badly that Teresa's here. She is coming back to her old flame, the first love she ever had growing up. And she sees how much potential he has. And then now he's reverting back to the ways he was when he was in Chino. And she's like, wait, last episode, you were doing so well. I thought we were doing like good here. And I have my life together. I thought you did. But now it can never be because you can't get your shit together. Sad. It is sad. And you can tell, especially since she's become a mother, how much she does care for the people in her life. She always did. But now it's even more intense. And she's just so upset i mean she has tears in her eyes yeah that's what made me kind of upset like teary-eyed too is seeing how upset she was i really felt for her yeah i know me too but as we know ryan has to answer the phone call and it's volchuk so they meet up a few times to discuss the plan and what volchuk needs from ryan so Mm -hmm. volchuk first tells him that he needs him to be his ride for a pickup Then Ryan realizes that what's happening and what's going to go down is actually going down in Ryan's neighborhood. Yeah. And at first when he said that, I thought he meant his old neighborhood in Chino. But I was like, oh, you mean like your actual like little Newport neighborhood. So sweet. Yeah. And so that's why Volchuk needs Ryan because it's happening where Ryan lives. Mm -hmm. And so they go to stake out the house and what's going to go on and... As they're rolling by the house, the windows are down as Ryan's driving and Taryn comes. Hmm. Noopsy Taryn. Ugh. And she's like, oh, my God, Ryan, I know I 
you know, I could recognize the Cohen's car. She makes small talk, asks if he's going to the man of the year party, and then says that he should bring Volchuk because his friend is hot. <laughs> She's so thirsty at all times. It's so funny. <laughs> the thirstiest noopsie for sure. Yeah. But now Ryan knows that Taryn knows that the Cohen's yeah. car was in the neighborhood. Not that it wouldn't be because it is his neighborhood, but now he's with this shady character. And right. I would be, like, panicked at this point. Yeah. And not to mention that the plan changes again. Yep. Because as they go to do the drop-off or whatever Ryan thinks is going to happen, Volchuk's like, oh, no, actually, I need you to come with me. Mm-hmm. You need to get out of your car and walk up to the house. And the plan is they are going into the garage because they got the key or the number from a person that they met. And they're stealing a car. Yep. So Ryan walks up to him. Get They get in the garage. They, uh, Volchuk is trying to get into the car, but they can't find the keys. He's trying to break into it, and then the alarm goes off. Ugh. And, of course, and, the cops are down the block. Oh, yeah. Patrol is driving by. Ryan sees this. Ryan steals, sees Volchuk, like, trying to hotwire the car. He's trying to get it going. Now the cops are coming up the driveway to get him. And Volchuk drives away, but he's, like, telling Ryan to get into the car, and Ryan just goes off running. Yeah, I would be jetting. As soon as I saw the cop lights, like, flashing, I would have been out in a second. Yeah. So back to the man of the year situation. It's super tense because Kirsten and Sandy are barely communicating. Yeah. And we have this conversation between Neil and Julie and Neil talks about the party and he feels that it's really awkward because he knows what's going to go down between him and the DA and Julie, she can't even imagine Sandy being guilty because it's Sandy and there's no way that this could even be happening. Yeah, he has great morale, as she says. Right. And so Neil says that, oh, well, I already warned him at dinner And Julie's like, yeah, but how could Kirsten not know about it? Mm -hmm. So Julie, which I absolutely love Julie in this episode, by the way. Me too. She's such a good friend and she's so loyal. But she ends up uh, telling Kirsten that Sandy is being investigated. And then Kirsten's like, well, thank you so much for telling me. I have to tell Sandy. And she's like, oh, Sandy already knows. Yeah, she's like, no, Sandy knows. You're just in the dark about this. Ouch. Yeah. I'll be fucking pissed. I know. And so Kirsten and Sandy, they end up talking, and he's promising that they don't have a case and that he's going to do everything in his power to not let this land on his family. And Kirsten's just His attitude here was so nonchalant. Like, it's all fine. Not a big deal. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Right. And Kirsten's like, no, actually, all of this has landed on the family because, as we know, Kirsten has relapsed. Right. She's like, no, you're, every choice you make affects us. And the fact that you're not even acting like this is happening is making it even worse. I would just be so furious with him. So while Sandy is out one night, Seth walks in on Kirsten. She's passed out on her bed and he notices that there's a mug next to her bed. And he knows she's really passed out because he calls her, you know, he's like, mom, mom. And she's yeah, not answering. Not good. <laughs> yeah. So he walks over 
to the bedside table, picks up the glass, and he smells it, and he can smell the alcohol. Yeah. So Summer comes by because they're supposed to hang out and get to dinner, and Seth, you know, kind of covers it up. He's like, listen, my mom, she's not feeling well. I got to stay home. Uh, I got to take care of her. We'll hang out tomorrow. And so he tucks his mom in. We see Seth cleaning up the mug. And then we see him in his bedroom contemplating life. And he opens up his desk drawer. And there's still the bag of weed in there. Yeah. Probably should have gotten rid of that. (laughs) I know. Which I'm shocked that he still has this bag in there. Yeah. Same. I'm like, oh, yeah, that again. Yeah. We're doing that again. Right. But I I do feel badly for him because he did go to that AA meeting with her and her nine months sober. And it was like the biggest deal. And he was so proud of her. And the fact that now your mom has picked up a bottle and drank again, it's like an awful feeling. And he probably is like, why is this happening? Does she is she not strong enough? Not does like little does he know it's because his their marriage is having such issues and it, that's yeah. just really sad. Yeah. And the next morning, Seth approaches Kirsten. He knows he wants to bring it up to her and she's heading out and she's like, Hey, I'm you know, I'm headed to a meeting. Can we talk later? And Seth's like, Yeah, how's that going? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Well, you just take it day by day. Yeah, one day at a time. He's like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. So Seth ends up following her to her meeting, but he stands outside and Kirsten talks about how she relapsed and how her husband doesn't know. And she says that she's not blaming anyone, but she needs the man that she married. Yeah. And then for Seth to hear that, he's like, oh, okay, this sucks. Like it does suck. (sighs) How awful. Yeah. I felt really awful with this whole scene. This whole storyline is just obviously heartbreaking and as yeah. much as I dislike Seth in this season, I do feel badly and feel like his latter actions are more justified than like when we first started the show. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you like you spoiled kid, you only child that like gets everything you want, but you have no friends and now you have friends. Like I didn't, you know, I always rat on him, but I don't I, I feel awful for him in this situation. I know, and I feel the way he acts and reacts when it has to do with Kirsten and Sandy is very well played. Mm-hmm. And very, I mean, I can't speak because I didn't personally deal with this, but I feel like it's very realistic. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I didn't I, personally deal with it either, but, yeah, you know, he's only 17, well, he's 18, I guess, right, at this point. So it, it's still, you're not, you're not an adult even though you think you are and for you to have to deal with this as a very real problem that happens. And so, yeah, I think like it would have been weird if he was better, like acting like it wasn't as big of a deal as it is. Yeah. Yeah. So Sandy, he ends up meeting the DA, which is actually his friend, Greg. Yeah. At the club. And he tells him how he misses the courtroom. And he was like, Greg, like, what's going on here? And they're like, well, Greg's like, listen, everyone has stories, but no one has hard evidence against this Mm -hmm. guy. And he's like, I don't know why you're involved. And Sandy's like, how could I be in trouble here? And he's like, listen, if I could provide receipts, emails, eyewitnesses, 
does that mean my name is in the clear and this hospital can still get built? And he's like, no. Mm -hmm. If the crook goes down, then the hospital goes down. Yeah, so now Sandy's in a moral dilemma. Do I completely get rid of this project that I've been working my ass off and completely ruined my family over? Or do I just let it go and I could potentially be in trouble too? Yeah, but the the kicker here is that we know Sandy has hard evidence. We do. So it's like you can use it for the greater good and just take this son of a bitch down. Right. Or you could be selfish and say, well, I really cared about this hospital. (laughs) Right. Right, exactly. So Sandy heads home after his meeting. He's in his office, and Summer comes by, and she was hoping to you know, be in the office while Sandy wasn't yeah, there right? to try to get the like, letter <laughs> again. But she's like, oh, uh, I'm just going to wait here for Seth. And can I wait in the office with you? And Sandy's like, yeah, sure. He's like, oh, I'm working, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. And she's the first person to say something about Kirsten, asks how she's feeling because I heard she was sick. Right. And Sandy's like, I didn't know she was sick. Mm-hmm. And as she's making this small talk, Summer is reaching more and more towards the desk where Sandy's sitting. So it's like, how could he not see this? Right, Summer. Right? And she's trying to grab the purple envelope. And as she puts her hand on it, Sandy grabs it. And he's like, what's this? And she's like, oh, it's it's a letter for Seth. And he's like, no, it's addressed to me and Kirsten. And so he opens it. And then she starts spiraling about how... You know, he gave her this napkin with all his lies and because he didn't get into Brown and then he flew out to see me in Brown to try to get in. And Sandy's like, wait, what? Wait, he didn't get into Brown? And she's like, oh, shit. She spills all (laughs) of the tea, like just keeps pouring and pouring out of her mouth. And then just she's like, oh, shit, I thought he only lied to me. Guess he lied to everyone. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So when Seth gets home that night, Sandy's waiting to talk to him. He's like, I'm worried about you, and I love you, but you're smoking pot. You aren't telling us about college. And Seth claps back with, oh, yeah, well, mom's been drinking again. Yeah. Uh, This was frustrating for me because I wanted so badly for Seth to be reprimanded about lying. But also it's like, you know, Sandy's withholding things from his family too and he's caused so much drama in their family that I get why Seth clapped back and like I'm happy that he did because the only reason Sandy would really realize what's happening is if his own son brings it to his attention but the fact that like he doesn't get in trouble for Brown I'm like karma's a bitch maybe it will come back to you well I mean just (laughs) and then it does (laughs) it does though because it really does yeah it does so I felt that this was, again, a well-played scene between a teenager and a, and a father. Totally, totally. And the fact that, I mean, Seth can be really fresh sometimes because Sandy reprimands him on the way he's speaking to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't talk to your father like that. And he's like, maybe you should act like my father then. Yeah, it's very hurtful words. But I understand he's upset because, like, yeah. this is the reason why mom is drinking and I need to blame you. Yeah. So Kirsten, she gets home, and Sandy's outside waiting for her, and he flat out asks her, are you drinking again? And he's like, no, you don't need to explain it. No judgment. I just need to know, and I wish I would have known. And 
she's like, I tried to tell you. Mm-hmm. And those nights when I needed you, you're telling me you would have come home from work? From the hospital? <laughs> right. And the other thing is she apologizes first. Yeah, I love that. She's like, I am sorry. This did, I didn't mean for this to happen. But like also I tried to approach you about this and you just couldn't, you didn't have the time for me. I just also feel like he should have apologized. He definitely should have apologized first. As well. <laughs> you know, I mean, more, he does, but for her to apologize first, it's like, well. Yeah, his will. his apology is later on when he makes yeah. that speech. Like, in that moment where she's apologizing, he should have been like, no, I'm sorry. Right. I can't believe this happened. But he doesn't, right. which doesn't sit well with me. <laughs> yeah. But they do talk, and we don't see it, but he fills her in on Seth because she goes upstairs to Seth's bedroom, and she's like, hey, I know you know that I'm drinking. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm assuming you know about Brown. Mm-hmm. And she says to him that she's glad he ratted her out and that this needed to be talked about, and she's like, I need you to come to the man of the year dinner tonight. We got to honor your father. And Seth is like, I don't even want to be near him. Yeah. I don't even want to be in the presence of him. But she's like, can you please do this for me? Can you? And I need you to go to the Newport group to pick out, pick up your father's concept drawing for the hospital. And so he doesn't want to, but he agrees that he's going to do it. Yeah. So he heads to the Newport group. And he's taking his sweet-ass time. He's looking at the pictures that Sandy has in the office of the family. He then sits in Sandy's chair and lights up a joint and starts smoking. Ugh, in Sandy's office. Yeah. This is terrible. I know. And then Kirsten calls him, asks where his ETA is because Sandy's going to make his speech soon. And did he find the drawing, which the drawing is right there. I mean, it's on a fucking easel. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, no, I got it. I'll be right there. He leaves the joint on the table, and it falls into a garbage can that's filled with paper. Oh, my God. And, and it like, starts a fire. Why Why smoke there? And then you're going to get in a car and drive here's, here's to the, thing, the Newport gathering. <laughs> right. Aunt and I, when we were watching this episode and watching this scene, I was like, how high... Do you have to be, or are you just going to leave your joint? Right. You took, like, how long was he even smoking he, for? Not that, <laughs> like, okay, I have not smoked in years. Same. Right? It's been a long time. It's been time. a long time. But I don't think I've ever been that high where I would just, like, leave my joint or I would no. just leave it. I mean, wouldn't you want to finish it? Because, like, weed's right. expensive. It's expensive. <laughs> it's expensive. It's but you, know, you expensive. Spent, you spent your money on it, or maybe Caitlin hooked you up. I don't know. But why would you want to leave it there? Yeah. Wait till it's... So, just... Yeah, that was a very unrealistic to me. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're just going to leave it, like, at the edge of the desk. It's going right. to fall in the garbage can, which has a bunch of papers in it. I mean, accidents do happen. Totally, Yeah. It's like cigarette, there's stupid cigarette accidents that I hear, I've heard about all the time. Where yeah. Like leave it on the couch, they fall asleep. Um, fires happen that way. Yeah, it's very scary. It's very so. scary. So perhaps, but Aunt and I were like, I don't know, man, like this part, this is not really hidden with me because <laughs> I just, I would probably put it in my mouth, grab the, grab the drawing and head out. 
you know, right. like yeah, hold like, it there. Right. Same. I, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. So, and I remembered this watching it. I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit! I totally remember this scene. Like everything yep. goes up in flames. Yeah. So, fire starts. Seth is out of the building. He leaves. Julie, she's getting ready to head to the party, and now Neil doesn't want to go. Yeah, she's like, because, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is awkward. I know Griffin's going to be arrested. And Julie's like, you need to get your shit together. We have to be there for him and Kirsten. They are family, and we got we to gotta show his support. And Neil's right. like, well, maybe they're the black sheep. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Neil... <laughs> Get off your fucking high horse. And Julie, props to you for knowing who to support. Neil, you're nowhere near as perfect. Just relax. Yeah. So we get to the party. Kirsten, she sees Greg arrive. And she tells Sandy. And Sandy's like, oh, cool. Maybe he's here to arrest me. (laughs) We have Neil and Summer. They arrive. And Julie's surprised that Neil came. And Neil, very matter-of-factly, says, if you feel so strongly about family, why wouldn't I want to be a part of yours? Yeah. I'm like, okay, Neil. Right? Like, such a quick, sudden change It was of just heart. the way he said it. It was so, like, point-blank, no emotion, just kind right. of robotic. Yeah. Whatever, Neil. <laughs> Seth arrives with the drawing, and Sandy, he makes the speech, and he says that he cannot accept the award. And he will happily be working with the DA to give them all the information they need. And he will now pursue and honor what's closer to his heart, which is father and husband of the year. Great. Which needed Great. to be said. For Definitely needed to be said. And it's also like, hey, Sandy, I've missed you. Right. Like, w- there's our moral, Sandy. There Finally. you are. Ugh, yeah. It's been way too long. Yeah, and he gives Greg the uh, the hard copy. The yeah, which at first I thought he had that paperwork in his office oh, and it was going up in flames mm-hmm. because I didn't remember. I was like, oh, shit, well, there goes Sandy's evidence. Right. But luckily he had it. I was like, oh, God, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, he took it out of the safe. So to wrap up the episode, Marissa, she's heading back from Caitlin's and she gets a call from Ryan. And Ryan is in a panic, and he's like, can I please meet you at your place? And she's like, yeah, totally. Let yourself in. She tells him where the key is. So she gets home. He's in her room, and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, you got to promise me that you have my back. We were together tonight. No matter what anybody asks or says, we were together. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, of course, no problem. So they head to the party. And as they're pulling up, they see the cops arrive. And Ryan's like, great, they're here to arrest me. They yeah, get, I love how Sandy's like, they're here for me. And then Ryan's like, they're here for they're me. Here for me. Like, nobody knows who they're here for. <laughs> yeah. And so Ryan and Marissa get out. Ryan heads to the door. And they see Seth coming out in handcuffs. And Seth's being arrested. Mm-hmm. Because there was a fire at the Newport Group. And they think Seth started it. Right, which he did, but he didn't do it on purpose. Right. Or did he? <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's where the episode ends. Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I felt like it was pretty dramatic, but also I liked seeing the change now again in Sandy and Kirsten admits to her faults and 
finally this whole everyone knows Brown uh, Seth's go- not going to Brown anymore. <laughs> like everything's kind of resolved except for the fact that now Seth's arrested. So that pretty much sets us up for next week with that, I guess. Right? Yeah. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. And I also liked this episode. I feel like we had a little bit of everyone minus Taylor. Minus Taylor, yeah. But she was still referenced by Teresa, so I'll take right. that. Yeah. And I loved seeing Marissa away from Newport and doing something good. Me too. And with her sister. It was really yeah. sweet. It was Just, very sweet. I felt like I was watching old Marissa again. And I know. It was nice. I know. So we're going to take a short break. I'm going to go grab Ant. He's going to join us for the second half. Would you die for Claire from the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen? Has Brad inspired your own fermentation station? Do you carry around a spoon collection like Chris? If you answered yes, then you should listen to our podcast. We are Pod Appetit, a Bon Appetit fan cast. Every other week, we recap all the latest Bon Appetit YouTube videos, like Gourmet Mix and It's Alive. And between recaps, we recreate Bon Appetit recipes in our own kitchens. If you love Bon Appetit, subscribe on your favorite podcatcher to Pod Appetit, a Bon Appetit fan cast hope you're hungry we're back from break with an ant hello everybody um i don't know if you can tell by the sound of my voice but i'm not wearing a shirt (laughs) (laughs) you need to reiterate that (laughs) should we say that for after dark after After dark. dark all right so to kick off as we always do with our girl tish Hey ladies, hope you're well. As we know, Lucy Hale of Pretty Little Liars fame stars as Hadley Hawthorne, Caitlin's roommate, this role on The O.C. was only her third acting role after switching from music when her American Idol Junior's band disbanded in 2005. Oh, oh cute. That's, that's sad. When Hadley says, Dad, I told you to stay away from the message board, she's actually making an inside joke about Josh Schwartz, who's addicted to message boards. Wow. Yeah, as said on the DVD extras, especially to know the fans' opinions about episodes on the show. Hmm. Mm-hmm. When Volchuk breaks into the car and tries to encourage Ryan to get in, this is reminiscent of the opening scene of the first season, when Ryan's older brother Trey breaks into a car and also encourages Ryan to get in. Mm. True. They even have the same phrasing of the words, don't be a bitch. Wow. Mm, I didn't catch that. Yeah. The only difference is Ryan listens to his brother and ends up getting caught. The copying of this scene shows how Ryan has grown and no longer succumbs to peer pressure. Thank goodness. I don't know. No? I mean, I don't wouldn't say no longer succumbs to peer pressure. <laughs> he was there, wasn't he? That's true. Just that We that talked one about part. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe we're almost done with season three. Unrelated, but kind of related... On your season two episode one recap of Gossip Girl, you talked about the portrayal of drugs and alcohol and how they were portrayed so different between the OC Gossip Girl and now Riverdale. <laughs> I find this interesting because on TV shows nowadays, you see kids smoking pot and there are usually no consequences or always negative responses. Josh Schwartz even talks about this in an interview that you couldn't show kids smoking bead without having negative consequences. Yeah. Seth smokes one joint in this episode and there is a fire. (laughs) That comment you guys made just really stuck out to me in this episode. It's just so interesting how the landscape of TV changes over 20 years or even between 2006 and 2008. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, It just keeps 
getting developed more and more what they show on television. It's just there's no boundaries anymore, I don't think. A lot less boundaries. I mean, there are some well, boundaries yeah, still. Well, yeah, much but, less boundaries. Uh, yeah, way, way lower. And do you think, okay, so remember when Seth first started smoking, he was so ultra paranoid. He sprayed his room. He opened up the windows. He put the towel underneath the door. And so then he brings the joint to his dad's office, and then he just leaves it there. Is it because he doesn't give a shit? Yeah, mm. I think he, I think he like sort of just wants to disrespect um, his Sandy. father a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he just like doesn't give a shit. And, and also too, I feel like the first time you do something like that, you're like ultra careful. And then if you do it a few times, you start to get like more lax, and you just get kind of lazy with it, and you treat it like yeah. it's no big deal. Um, that's right. true. Like yeah. you kind of figure out your ways of yeah. not feeling guilty about it, I guess. Or yeah. Like or even giving it, that you're yeah. okay. Or even like needing to hide it or wanting to hide it or, or even realizing that it's like something you need to hide. True. Yeah. Uh, over to Mike Del underscore Vasto on Instagram. Hey, list Michelle and aunt happy OC Tuesday. And please forgive me for forgetting to say hi to you last week. Oh, Aww. you did? Oh, that's okay. I, you know, thank you for apologizing. That's very nice of you, but I didn't even take note of it. Sorry. He continues Aww. with, then wrote questions to you. In my comments, I felt so bad that I agreed to Michelle and Liz, but not you. Oh, I didn't it's even It's because he's Canadian. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, Canadians yeah, are so that. nice. Yeah. yeah, like that's something that I might have realized, but then would have never like apologized for ever. Right. So, <laughs> like, I appreciate that. Thank Gosh. you very much. Our, our Canadian oh, friends Mike. are the best. I always found the Caitlin plot in this episode to be randomly placed. I do enjoy it, but it seems almost like a filler plot, and it could fit earlier in the season, not so close to the end. I agree with that. <laughs> How old is Caitlin supposed to be? I'm assuming her boarding school is a high school because that'd be super creepy if Marissa dressed up as a slutty schoolgirl for an eighth grader. Ooh, yeah, that's true. And if they're having lipstick parties. The first few times I watched this episode, the lipstick party line went right over my head. Mm. I guess it was also a generation gap for me as well as for Marissa. Has Sam or Shan, if I can remember correctly, the two of you are older than your sisters, ever asked either of you to help them out of a situation? If Aunt has siblings, had they ever asked Aunt to help him out? I'll start there. Um... Yeah, I mean, I guess I've helped my brothers out with stuff, but not like, like that. You never dressed yeah. as a slutty schoolgirl. Uh, no, <laughs> well, you're shirtless right now. I so. am shirtless now. I mean, I have shown up shirtless to places, but okay. No, I, I did. I no, got, what about I, the fight? That's what I was gonna say. I did get into. I did get in a fight uh, one time because these bullies were messing with my brother's friend, who, by the way, could have handled himself just fine. But you know, I was gonna. I wanted to get in a fight with him. Because he was being a jerk. Yeah. Do you remember that story, Liz? Yes, I do. With Tim? Like it was yesterday. Yeah, me, me, and, a great me, and story. Tim, me and Tim get into a fight. If you knew Tim, <laughs> I, and like me too, like the two of us getting into a fight at a party, very ridiculous sounding. Yes, it's Comical. very ridiculous. <laughs> but it's true, very true. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever helped Shan? I mean, not to like this extent, I don't think. But I mean, Shan was almost four years younger than me so I mean I was way out of high school when she started and I I just felt like her problems like we would talk about them but I don't know if I like necessarily did anything physical to help her with anything we just talked about it 
Yeah. Like advice, like sisterly advice. Right. I think Sam and I, nothing like this that's ringing a bell. Unless you would know too because you are a part of that. Right? Yeah. I don't think so. Unless, like, you know, maybe like her long ago ex, but like that's not like a, not really like an altercation or like you didn't do anything per se, but yeah, that's really it. Uh, Nothing to this extent. Yeah. Mike continues. I've never had an issue because I was an angel in school, but my sister pretended to be my mom when my brother's French teacher called because he was failing. Oh, that's awesome. Ryan should have called (laughs) Volchuk's bluff. He wouldn't have gone to the cops had Ryan not have helped him. What a flashback to the pilot episode. I think Ryan noticed the parallels and going through his head was that he was, he wasn't going to let this turn out like last time. Right. Yeah. Even though it worked out last time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I guess you had the Cohen's last time. <laughs> He's so lucky he didn't get caught. It was stupid move to help him to help Volchuk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seth is MVP this week. I love that he was worried about Kirsten and cleaned the mug and then secretly went to her AA meeting. And his scene with Sandy's was really good. I'm glad he told Sandy about Kirsten's drinking and that he's been a lousy father lately. Mm. Sandy needed to hear this. He had to realize how distant and not himself he's been. I'm glad he found his way back to himself in the end. Yeah, same. Thank you, Mike. Mm. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Nicole. And Shelton516 on Instagram. Oh, man, Ryan is in deep. I know he felt like he had no choice to help Volchuk, but why didn't he just walk away when he got Taylor's money back? Good question. Hmm. Good question. Mm -hmm. Why did you go check up on him? Yeah, I mean, you know. You know, he well, went... like he he asked him to. I mean, Volchuk asked Ryan to, to come, like when he was on the stretcher. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, "Meet me tomorrow. We have unfinished business or something." Yeah. You know, in all fairness, he could have just not shown up. Right. Make Volchuk that come too. to you. You know, That's like, do you, like what do you owe him at this point? <laughs> I mean, you beat the crap out of him, and like he didn't press charges, I guess. But right. You know, like yeah. you still make him find you. Right, like, he lied about it initially, so, like, what's the cops going to do if you lied about it initially? Knowing, like, the kind of kid Kevin is. Yeah. I would be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Try and call the cops and see what happens. Yeah, it's stupid. Nobody would really have believed it. Nicole continues, and yes, Teresa, for sticking up for her and her child, breaking the trend. Yes. Even though I like her and Ryan together, I I just don't think they're on the same page. Yeah, I agree. She's got a kid and a career. She's like ultra, you know, like mature. She's too good for him. Yeah. (laughs) I love seeing Marissa have a lighthearted storyline with Caitlin and see them bond a little more. If Caitlin was only a couple hour drive from Newport, why didn't she ever come home and visit more often or Marissa and Julie go visit her? Right. I know. It's so true. Mm -hmm. These are good questions, Nicole. Yep. Great questions. We just had they just had to keep her away. That's what Julie's goal was, just to keep her out of the drama. Yeah, right. Thank you, Sandy, for doing the right thing and doing what he needed for his family. And thank goodness the files he gave to the DA were with him and not being burned up in the Newport group. Right. Seriously, thank Seth. Goodness. I always forget this part. MVP Marissa for being a good sister and helping out Caitlin. Shittiest Seth for obvious reasons and acting a fool. For most of the second half of the season, get yourself together, man. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Nicole. Thank, Thank you. you. Vic, at Musechick on Instagram. 
this is going to be somewhat frustrating episode for Liz, especially with Sandy. Mm. Not surprised Ryan took Volchuk to get help, but surprised Volchuk didn't accuse Ryan of being the one who did that to him. And instead, they said they got jumped. Right. Probably because he would have been in trouble, too. I hate that he dragged Ryan into trouble. Seth, what can I say? I have a problem. Smoke some weed. LOL. Once he put it down and left, I knew there'd be, I knew even before watching what was going to happen. I'm so glad Sandy and Kirsten finally talked. I hate that Kirsten is drinking, but I'm glad they're going to work on their marriage. Julie said some really nice things about the Coens. She's changed a lot. I like this new Julie. Same. Mm-hmm. Did you expect Seth and Sandy to have this huge argument instead of throwing accusations to each other in a calm but cruel manner, specifically on Seth's side? Uh, that's how Seth fights. Uh, yeah, he always and, fights like that. Yeah, and Sa- and Sandy is like very like level headed. He's never gonna. Uh, very rarely is he gonna like really bite at a, you know, like a criticism like that. Right. With his child, I feel like he's very understanding and like he's very, like self-aware of like how he parents and I feel like he knows Seth and that's how Seth always reacts so he reacts just as like calm and logically I think as yeah he normally would yeah. I don't know yeah self-aware like you say if you were Teresa would you have left Ryan too yeah yeah me too yeah yeah for sure like she's just you know chasing nostalgia right you know, right. right like it she's like again, way past him on a maturity level, you know, just be by nature, you know, she became a mom. Right. You know? yeah, she has bigger things to worry about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think they both were like with the nostalgia aspect. They're like, Oh, this feels so nice. We haven't seen each other in a while. Oh, it's not my son, so we can actually hang out on like a normal level and not have to worry about me like parenting and just Yeah. I don't know. I felt like it was just like kind of thrown in there a little bit for me but i do like her as a character i do too just not them together yeah Yeah. agreed thank you Vic. thank you thank you (laughs) alicia at aaw3115 on instagram hey ladies happy recording night can't believe there is only one episode left until season three finale thanks for a great take on the prom episode i really enjoyed ant's comments on volchuk and I think it's funny to listen to hear him defend him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see you both rolling your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I well. would, yeah, I would like to see him defend his actions for this week's episode. Well, you're in luck, Alicia. Yes. Here I am. Please do, Defender. Yeah. I will. To me, this episode really brought things full circle for Ryan. We see him in a similar situation as the pilot, as we were talking about before. But this time, he has Marissa to help him get through it. I forgot how much I enjoy them in scenes together and how much I love their friendship. This is yes. so true, Alicia. I said this to Aunt as we were watching together. I was like, wow, I really do love Ryan and Marissa scenes. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. I like how well they, how well it became to a, like a friendship. Like it yeah. just progressed so nicely for yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Them as friends I is it. way better than them as a relationship. I know. That's how I feel too. Because mm-hmm. there's just this deeper love there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. During this watch of season three, I really just have a true respect for Marissa's heart and her as a person. Same. She is so trusting and so loyal and is very dependable. I truly do not see her as a tragic character, and I'm confused as to why people, myself included, disliked her so much. Same. Thoughts on that. Yeah. I I honestly, 
even thinking back to the beginning of season three list where we're like, wow, Marissa's going to get bad. Marissa got bad for like an episode and a half. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. It was like, yeah, maybe two episodes max where you're like kind of rolling your eyes at her. But also I feel like it's sort of justified because of the way that her her whole entire year went. It just. Maybe a, uh, a binge doesn't do it justice. You know, I mean, maybe you need to like marinate on on her actions like week by week to like yeah. not really. But we're not binging. No, that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh, oh. No, I'm saying is like previously we would have like binged most right. of it. You know, I mean, like episode blocks at a time. Rarely one at one per week. Well, it okay. So and originally I watched it in real time. I was never a Marissa hater. Right. Exactly. Ever. Yeah. Right. And then when we watched it with you guys and List for the first time, I feel like we did a couple of episodes a couple of times a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I still wasn't a Marissa hater. She was never my favorite. But maybe you're right. I I don't know. But I can't imagine binging it and being like, wow, Marissa sucks. I know. (laughs) Me neither. But I just maybe that's something that kind of happens like when you're like in this like role. I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe Maybe people are like have, you know, a different opinion. But I don't know. I th- I just in general, as much as I do enjoy binging, um, it's a terrible habit in all fo- in all forms. So, yeah. you know, it would degrade a watching experience. Um, you know, character development is like, you know, I guess you get a different kind of take on it. Cause it's more of like a roller coaster, less like a a climb, and then right. you know. Well, we so. talk about that all the time with all Riverdale time. because yeah. Yeah. Riverdale is probably much a show that's much better binged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, because you just need to like blow through things. Yeah. Happening. We need to blow like, through Riverdale like, as nah. fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like other shows, I feel like I wish I didn't binge yeah. because now I didn't absorb like the true, like their, like their growth or anything. Like I was just like, oh, that was a good show. That yeah. was it. I mean, I'm happy we did One Tree Hill the way we did it. Me too. Oh my God. Yeah. I have such love for that show. Oh, me too. Because and of it. Little plug here. There's new commentary up on Patreon of Ants. <laughs> plug, plug. Yeah. Uh, season six, which we thought we had one episode left. Turns out we had five. <laughs> we had five. Yeah. What? We still have two more to go. We have two more. We, oh, we, I'm so sorry. Yeah, we watched no, three. it's all right. The three we watched were good. Yeah. No, yes. yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You know, there's there's still some basketball in it, and right. you know, there was enough to keep me to keep me interested. But yeah, not binging six. that show. Yeah. It, obviously, we gave our full commentary on it, and then going back to watch it, I have such this love for me that too. show. Me too. Yeah. yeah, absolute love. But anyway, Alicia continues. This was a really playful episode for her, which I enjoyed. The scene where she was using the British accent and the boy she was trying to help Caitlin get back at said he could spot her phony accent a mile away, which made her laugh because Misha is British. Yeah. It's funny. She's like part British, right? Yeah. 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 Part British. I felt so bad for the Coens this episode. They've hit a rough patch and it was a tough episode to watch in that regard. I felt bad for Seth to see his mother like that and just wanted to hit Sandy upside the head to wake him up. Yep. And the man of the year parallel with Caleb just affirmed that he was becoming the thing he hated most. Would you have accepted Sandy's public apology as quickly as Kirsten and Seth did? Uh, well, I mean, we don't really get to see the conversation that Sandy and Kirsten have. So who knows if he did apologize then and they went into things more. Uh, I guess I would have I would have been happy just to know that at least he that's his main focus from now on is going to be us. So yeah. obviously it's not like completely all said and done. Like there's still 
has to be worked out. Like they have to work out their issues. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's sort of like he woke up from like a dream, kind of. Yeah. You know, so it's just like I guess it depends on just in real life. You know, when you fight your follow through, you know, it's easy to say that you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your follow through is really, you know, what, you know, drives the relationship. So, yeah. Yeah. Lastly, for Ryan, full circle, stealing cars, running from the cops. Why do you think he backs down to Volchuk and helps him? I'll start there. Because <sighs> he's a little bitch. Know. He's a little bitch <laughs> is right. I think, again, this is Ryan wanting to handle the things. Ryan handles it and doesn't want anyone else involved. Yeah, you can take Ryan from the streets, but you can't take the streets from Ryan. You certainly can't. Do you think Ryan has changed or he is the same old Ryan, as Teresa implies, which I guess just goes with what you just said. He's the same old Ryan. He's the same old Ryan. He's like, I mean, he's definitely like grown and he's like expanded. um, And he, you know, he's very much like driven by like what the atmosphere is. Like he'll quickly... and in any 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 given moment when faced with it, he just jumps right back into like street life, you know. Yeah, he does. And then he'll hop street. back right, yeah, you know, like he'll he'll hop back right street into crit. yeah, <laughs> he'll hop right back into like fancy life in like a second, you know. He's so it just depends on where he's at, you know. He's very much like a product of his surroundings. I think he's definitely more composed now. Oh yeah, yeah, but that that's like the nice part of town environment that got yeah you know, that environment's that, definitely you know. changed him yeah he's like lived there for years now so it's, it's true it's dry but he's still like he still has that at any moment he could snap yep yeah and that's just never gonna change yeah nope. lastly would you like to have seen ryan and Teresa as a couple longer in the series nope no no i'm good on that <laughs> but no. like good. like you said liz you said it perfectly you like Teresa as a character, but not Ryan and Teresa together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, just, like, we're good. Doesn't have to be. Why can't things just be past is the past? I feel the same way with Marissa and Ryan. Past is in the past. Let's just be friends. We're good. Yep. I feel like every time Ryan is in a room with a girl, like, there's a necessary need for him to, like, hook up with them. Why? <laughs> Doesn't need to do it. Just be friends. True. True. Yeah. But thank you, Alicia. We thank appreciate you. it. We got an email this week. Liz, did you want to read the email or you want me to read it? I can read it if you want. Okay, sure. Sure, let me pull it up. We got an email from Emily Page. They say, hey, Let's Talk OC. I have just rewatched season three and I have so many thoughts and feelings about the Cohen marriage and Kirsten's relapse, which comes to a head in this episode finally. When Kirsten comes home from rehab, she seems better than ever. Their marriage seems better than ever. There are so many cute moments between them the first half of season three, but watching it knowing the end of the season, you can see how well the writers and Kelly played it. Although everything looks perfect on the outside, she's putting on her noopsie face and using that as a coping mechanism rather than the booze. She's trying to keep busy with the cooking and then the business with Julie, and for the first half of the season, Sandy was clearly there, always supporting her. I know we never saw them deal with all their issues from season two, but if they did over her rehab stint, it seems they got off the same page really quickly again, and if they didn't, well then, no wonder this happened. Her priorities post-rehab were definitely to put the family marriage first, and Sandy's priorities went the opposite direction when he then gets sucked into the hospital drama and clearly doesn't realize how close she is to a relapse. The impact on the family is huge, too, due to how absent Sandy is, 
Kirsten has tried to get more involved with the boys these last few episodes, and I think that only adds to the realization of how disconnected they are as a family and how it's gotten and how it's got and how she can't do it alone, pushing to the bottle again. The boys need their father figure and they would always turn to Sandy for help or realize they should have done sooner. But recently they just wouldn't feel like this is an option because he's not present enough. So no wonder there is all of this drama that needs some grown up rationale. As Kirsten says, Sandy should have been there even without a risk of relapse or save the boys once everything has gone wrong. He became someone who we never thought he'd be. And although Seth hasn't been perfect, I like how he is been with Kirsten recently, played realistically, and loved confronting Sandy like that. The man needed to hear it. But even after that, I feel like Sandy doesn't get in the wrong he has been because he goes straight to Kirsten to ask about her drinking before even apologizing. Uh, She says sorry first, but I'm glad they are finally talking and that he realized he needed to be a better father and husband, but they have a lot of work to do, and I so wanted to see them talking it through. Looking forward to the next podcast. Always there, always there for the robe appreciation, especially. <laughs> well, thank you, Emily. I feel like you made excellent, excellent points here. Yeah. With the way that they portrayed Kirsten's character and her completely putting on that noopsy face just to mask the fact that she's really struggling internally with alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just what she normally would do. And the and the fact that she is coming to the realization like later on the season that her and her family are broken and that she wants to have relationships with her sons. Like, yeah, I feel like they really did portray that as much as we were like, Oh, Kirsten's barely in this season. She's barely in it. It's like, but she was there and like, there wasn't, she was going through so much shit that we weren't even seeing. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think she makes great points. So thank you so much for reaching out to us. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. And what are your Volchuk thoughts this week? Um, well, you know, I think first, can I can I just one thing that really bothered me, like, <laughs> you know, he's, you know, he he got so far with that little scheme, like how it came about, I don't know, but he was going to get this hundred twenty thousand dollar car, right? He had the garage left unlocked. Um, it was basically in his grasp. Um, and he just didn't have that like last 5% patience to just be like, I got to find this key, <laughs> you know? Cause like he had arguably as much time as he needed to find that key. Well, he said he can find the spare key. Yeah. But w- like why rush it at that point? He then breaks, the, he's, he starts trying to break into the car and that just sets off the alarm, you know, take an extra five, 10 minutes, try to find it before you do that. You know, like have yeah. that, he just didn't have, you know, like, and that's one thing that, you know, a character like that is not going to have. He's not going to have that patience. The patience, and the, and it makes like for a boring television show. Like as he like, <laughs> you know, looks around the house for keys. Like this is not why we're here, obviously. Yeah. Um But it was unfortunate because he really could have. He could have got away with that scot free, basically, you know, and got that car. So, I'm I'm a little disappointed. However, <laughs> um, you know. He he just knows like again he just knows how to get to Ryan. Ryan did not need to be there. He did not need to do any of that stuff. Like everyone had made great points. Just walk away, Ryan. You know it, it's none of your business. You should never have took it upon yourself to get the cash anyway. Um, and when you beat the shit out of him, you should have went to the cops and been like, "Well, he took this money from our friend, 
And I saw him take it and make up some lie about the fight, how they got into a fight. Don't say he went back there like a premeditated kind of beat the shit out of him. Just be right. like, he attacked me when I tried to take back money, you know? Right. And then that would have been the end of it. Nobody would have taken Volchuk's Do you side. think there's right. a part of Ryan that... Loves Volchuk, yes. Yeah, no, there's, <laughs> he sees his past in yeah, him. Yeah, well, that and was... And he has to beat his past, yeah. overcome yeah, the past. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, there was a definite part of me that recognized, you know, the car situation and, right. like, that it was, like, a, a repeat. Trey. Um, But, you know, like, I think he definitely sees, like, his brother and his past and, like, Volchuk, which is probably a draw. You know, like, he's drawn to these people that, like, will ha- help him make these really bad decisions. Right. You know, uh, for whatever reason, like self-deprecating or he feels like he doesn't deserve anything, you know, for the reasons why, you know, growing up, you know, is getting beat on probably. I feel that adult. in this episode, maybe because I know how Volchuk is, it didn't, everything that happened didn't really piss me off. Yeah. You know. The other yeah. stuff pissed me this, off. Like Sandy. Yeah. And that the whole thing. OC. This was like very, you know, benign version of, of Volchuk. Like, it's like, yeah, he's, he's like, oh, around. yeah, sure. You're going through with something. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And it's like a continuation of something that was just going on. So it's right. like you're ready for it. You've like right. absorbed it. You're like, oh, God, Ryan's going to do this. But also, I mean, how did Volchuk think this was going to work? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if he found the keys, it was going to work pretty great. You didn't think he, anybody in the neighborhood would see him. They're in a gated community. Right. They're going to have a missing car after that. Right. So, yeah, you know, like, it seemed like it was just going to work out, you know. I, I mean, potentially, yeah, it could have come back to him. But, you know, it sort of seemed like he was going to get away with it until he had to fucking break the window. And the alarm went off. And the alarm went off. Like, yeah. if he just looked for the fucking keys, yeah. you know, he spent no time looking for the keys. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's so frustrating. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, did you comment on like the woods, like where the I... no, Liz? No, I went. Didn't. I went. Well, I, I we mentioned how Ryan took off running in the woods, but I'm like, where are these woods? Yeah, yeah. I right? mean, I guess I don't know what's around, but yeah, it doesn't really seem like there should be like level ground woods because yeah. those are all like hills in the hills. You know, so it's just right. like, where are these woods coming from? Right. Where that's the... so true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that it, was Michelle's comment. Like, is, where are these woods? Yeah, in the split second, Ryan's surrounded by nature and woods. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, where right. the fuck are these woods? Like we were just in a neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. And he, like, he runs to Marissa's. I'm like, where the fuck? How is this working? Yeah. Where did he leave his car? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So don't you have to still go back and get it? <laughs> Was that was that Ryan's or Maybe car? he was drove it? to Marissa's. I don't know. I know. Oh, yeah. I thought you're right because I thought yeah, he, he was, just left his car. Yeah, he left his car. But I thought when they drove to the dinner, Marissa Marissa's driving. Is Marissa driving or he's driving? But uh, Marissa doesn't even have a car. Right. <laughs> the yeah. logistics here are yeah. not lining up. It oh. makes no sense. <laughs> we broke it, guys. Unless they went <laughs> and got no. But Marissa's driving. Whose car is she driving? Right. Whose car is she driving? So maybe. You know, because she's Gus. driving back from Caitlin's. No, it's not Gus. They don't live in <laughs> yeah, the trailer park. Yeah, whose car is she driving right, back yeah. from Caitlin's? Dr. Robertson. Oh, no, wasn't that her Jeep? But Marissa hasn't had a car in forever. In so long. Yeah, I don't know. She didn't, like, why would they have gotten rid of that Jeep? They would have needed a car. Right, and, like, sh- I mean, she's in the place where I feel like she would have asked to pr- borrow a car. But also, it was for Caitlyn, so maybe yeah. the fact that we're going into this right now. Yeah, it doesn't just, matter. It, it doesn't matter. It takes three podcasts, but like, it doesn't matter. But we. But it matters. It. But it doesn't. <laughs> but matter. it matters. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Some music in this episode. 
Uh, my mistake last week, I read the music for this week's episode. Oh. <laughs> so I'm going to read it again in case you need it for the actual music in the episode. We have Black Party, Tongue, La Rocca, The Vines, The Runaways, Eagles by Death Metal, and Chris Holmes. Thank you for repeating. And then, as Tish said, how Hadley's father, I believe she said, was the creator of... Did she say this? How Hadley's father was the creator of uh, The Valley? No. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, and he's also the guy who owned the trailer park that Julie lived in. Ah, makes sense, but that's how Caitlin would... They found out... Yeah. How Caitlin found out about it. Right. So that's my trivia for you. Thank you. We can go into some fashion. What do you have, Liz? I liked Marissa's sheets on her bed. Her sheets? They were so cute. They were definitely from like Anthro or something. They were so cute. I love, I just love them. I loved her white top with the flutter sleeves. Me too. So I really liked pretty. that. Yeah. I liked Ryan's long sleeve gray t-shirt. He just looks good in that kind of color. <laughs> Always. I love Julie's green dress that she wears to the dinner. She looks good in everything. Sandy had that blue button down. It almost looked like it was denim. Yeah, almost chambray. Yeah, Mm -hmm. really like that. Yeah, I had that down too. I also have Summer's party dress, the black one she wore. It was very cute. At Sandy's Man of the Year. The whole day I was going back and forth with it. I posted on Patreon Man of the Year. Then I start taking my notes and I write Man of the Hour. And I'm like, wait. Is it man of the hour or man of the year? So then I go back to the, I go back to our Patreon. I edit it. I put man of the hour. <laughs> <laughs> then I go back to uh, proof on Google, you know, and it's just man of the year. I'm like, fuck, what am I doing? I'm like, it's man of the year. Get it in your brain. Man of the year. You should have just texted me. I would have told you. I know. I just, you know. <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. In the moment, I'm like, wait, am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, That's all I had for fashion, though. Yeah, me too. Okay, some quotes. What, your friend Megan needs another abortion? (laughs) And she goes, I wish. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Uh, Summer, I wish I could pluck out my eyeballs with a fork and rinse them in a tall glass of ice water. Oh, it does not sound appealing, but uh, I love when uh, Teresa says, I don't know what the Korean word for a threesome is, but I think it was used. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sandy says, dress up and represent. I like when Ryan says, you have to be a man first about Seth. (laughs) When the girls are talking to Marissa about the lipstick party and then they call the girls lacrostitutes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I loved that, too. I loved that. I really laughed out loud when she said that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like when Seth and Summer are making out and he goes, you're really thinking about my dad now? (laughs) Don't be a little bitch. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's why you're a little bitch. Mm Mm-hmm. I love Julie. Sandy is very moral. <laughs> uh, Seth, when he when Kirsten asks for his help, he says, I want my own table and my own applause. Oh, and my applause will be tepid. <laughs> um, Hadley, Avi, I get so horny in the summertime. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you're always horny. I love the courtroom, Mrs. Sandy Cohen. Oh, yeah. The courtroom does miss Sandy Cohen. We all and miss I like Sandy when Cohen. Caitlin says, I think we're having a moment. Yeah. Oh, I and love that. Hadley's phone call ruins the moment. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, I think I'm ruining your moment. Cute. Yes. 
So I have my MVP. Struggled with my shittiest, to be honest. Yeah, my, my shittiest is a cop-out, I think. Oh, wait, never mind, I remember. Yeah, my shittiest is also a cop-out. <laughs> but we'll do MVP first. Kay. Yes. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Three, two, one. Julie. Seth and Sandy. It was a tie. You picked Sandy? I picked Seth and Sandy. Oh. It's a tie. <laughs> Please tell us why. Um, well, I like that, you know, like Sandy finally like woke up and, and, you know, I think he's back, you know, focused on what's important, which is the family. It's true. And then, um, I actually didn't, it was just him. And then I was reflecting what, you know, listen to other people's like, you know, talk, listen, you guys talk about Seth, uh, and other people's like viewpoints on Seth. And I, and I thought actually it is a very, it was a very strong showing for Seth. Um, even though he did like a very passive aggressive kind of but he sort of also did it straightforward um just like confronting his father um about his mom and and being there for his mom uh it's tough situation you know uh Mm -hmm. to have to confront somebody about like a problem and things like that even if you do it with like a snide comment and rolled eyes um very very difficult so i do commend him for that and i thank everyone for uh opening my eyes to that oh so sweet let's see who'd you pick I picked Julie. I loved, she's always fighting for her family. I love this new Julie. I mean, it's not really new to us. I feel like she's been like this for at least a season and a half at this point. Um, But I just, she gave Neil a piece of her mind. I love when she had the talk with Kirsten, like, no, my friend needs to know about this. Like, she just really, I think she envies Kirsten and Sandy's relationship or what she thought was, you know, the perfect relationship. And she, like, emulates Kirsten and Sandy. Like like she said before, like, oh, Sandy's very, like, moral. I think she wants to be that way as much as, like, it's not her first, like, go-to. It's definitely what she's becoming so i really like that in her and also like a side to marissa because i thought she was great too yeah julie was my honorable mention yeah my honorable mention is kevin volchuk oh well naturally he had to make his way in there (laughs) he's gotta be up there he's definitely not like in the middle of the pack yeah Uh, i chose marissa i really enjoyed her this episode i enjoyed that as soon as caitlin called instead of grabbing the letter she went up there to get the explanation Mm -hmm. she wanted to become closer with Caitlin. And when Caitlin left last time, they did talk about how they wanted to stay in touch and be there for one another. Yeah. So I was proud of Marissa for doing that and for helping her. And I appreciated their sister moment. I also appreciated the fact that she's always there for Ryan and she's there to help him. No questions asked. Yes, Mm -hmm. she is. She's a really good friend. Yeah. So shittiest. Mm hmm. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Um, Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I keep forgetting mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Three. Three. Two. Two. One. Volchuk. You chose Ryan? <laughs> yep. Little bitch. Well, I, he okay. made some real. Uh, he, I mean, he has consistently made agree. some really bad choices. You know, for for the cool. He wasn't my hero. favorite in this episode. I'll no. Say that. Well, that's what that's what I went through. Like I was like, okay, so like Ryan wasn't my favorite, but really, kind of everyone else like did a good job. They yeah you know so shittiest by default goes to Ryan yeah I feel like Ryan I would when we first started the show I, I my favorite character is Ryan but I feel like he hasn't been my MVP in a really long time like in this season yeah I chose him last week for my MVP but I don't know why you would 
Well, he wouldn't pick a fight with somebody who was just asking for it. What? He he wouldn't pick a fight with somebody who was just asking for it. I know he know? was my MVP. I know that's what I'm saying. Like, he, why would you, you know? Why wouldn't he be my MVP? From what you're saying, he picked a fight with somebody who wanted who wanted nothing more to, than to drag him down to like mm-hmm. the level. That's my point there. You know, I guess, but I just I just you know like, it I, was I, the epitome of Ryan Atwood, and I we know. said we like when he punches I know, people. Exactly. Of course, I like him. <laughs> but it doesn't make doesn't make him an MVP of an episode. Well, I liked I how mean, he I was guess. there I guess for Marissa. Could. I guess it could. I, I take back my. My criticism because I make Voltrek an MVP for driving some of the things right. that we love. So. Exactly. And he was there for Marissa. True. He was trying to I, help it's her. It's hard. Like, listen, I, I think we can all agree it's hard to, like, separate the morality and the good choices from the MVP shittiest kind of debate. It's not necessarily about that. It's about right. the drive of the storyline and what makes you happy about That's that true. person's mm-hmm. effect, you know. And a lot of times, you know, you, you want to do it because you, they made you feel good or they, they didn't make good choices. Yeah. Yeah. That's my interpretation of your MVP shittiest, you know, Thank analysis, you. you know, but. Liz, did we, you know how people sent us their top five and bottom fives? Yeah. I can, did we name ours? No. Okay. Because. I definitely have not made my list. Okay. Because I was like, our listeners will tell us if we've already done this, because now I'm like, have we done, I know we've talked about this, but I'm like, no, maybe I think we, did we decided it. when we're done with the show, we would do it. All right. Because I definitely. I mean, I think, I like, think yeah, mine's you should defi- changing a little bit. Yeah, you should mm. definitely like you know fourth season it. You know, you don't need to take it all the way to the end of the fourth season before you could be like, okay, these are our tops. That's true. true. That's very true. Because if they are only introduced in season four, like, how is that really like a top? You know, yeah, like mm. the development. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, could be. I mean, you know, but just like at a certain point, they are all there, so you just yeah, yeah. You know. All right. So moving on, we're gonna go to our patron of the week. Yeah. It's patron of the it's week. It's patron of the week. It's patron of the week. Uh, we are welcoming a couple of noobs this week. Noobsies. For patrons. Yes, they're they're the noobs. Uh, we have Lisa, Carmen, and Jason. They are all new to the network it, very recently within this past week that we're recording this. Yay! Welcome. Yeah, welcome, guys. We're so excited to have you. Can't wait to get to know you and know why you came, what shows you are enjoying. Um, you know, if you have any favorite characters and any favorite plots from any of our shows, we want to know. So reach out to us. We're excited to get to know you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So happy you're here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right, Liz. Are you ready? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so this was tough because you know what happens. I know a huge thing that happens, but for the rest of the episode, eh, don't really remember. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also tough. It's just a tough one because yeah. how do you not go the way yeah. it goes? Mm-hmm. But I felt that I did a good job. Not I'm to sure you toot did. my horn and pat myself I don't on doubt it. So here's the haiku for season three, episode 25, the finale. It is titled The Graduates. Caps, gowns, and smiles. The future is looking bright, but ending in sight. Yeah. Ooh. That's great, Michelle. Thank you. Great haiku. Thank you. Uh, well, obviously, it's graduation. Our foursome are graduating. They're moving on to bigger and better things. Um, obviously, 
Seth's, Seth's graduating. I just don't remember what happens with this whole arresting thing. <laughs> I'm assuming Sandy obviously doesn't press charges against his own son. It was an accident. Uh, I don't know what that, but hopeful that, you know, this is going to be a big day in Kirsten and Sandy's lives. Both of their sons are graduating high school. One of their sons is going off to Berkeley like they did. Must feel so good. Mm-hmm. Um, for all of our parents, I, lo- I can't wait to see Neil and Julie watch their kids graduate. I hope Caitlin comes for the graduation. I don't remember exactly. Um, but also really sad things happened, which I am not ready for, which we will talk about in the after show. But uh it's going to be a doozy. <laughs> I don't know. This Watching this episode, I had so many emotions that I was like, wow, I am just not mentally prepared for next week. I'm not. I know it's going to be a hot mess. Same. And I'm saving it for after dark. Yeah, me too. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But you I know. feel like at this point, though, and you guys can obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like most of our listeners, because that it came off of... Um, Hulu at the time that it did they probably binged till the end so at least they know what happened so I hope that most of our listeners hang out with us during the after dark portion and they can hear our thoughts then like my assumption is that most of you guys know what happens I'm I'm also curious about that too if there's any of our listeners who are either watching for the first time and going in order and waiting yeah, and doesn't know what happens. These are that's like finding a diamond in the rough. Yeah, right. seriously, because of the whole. Please let us know if you about. have. Yeah, if you're or on, you are, I should say. Yeah, if you're doing that, please let us know. Yeah, good and good on you for that. Yeah, good, you're you're just gonna hold different level of enjoyment. Yeah, that you know you just don't see anymore. Yeah, uh, but that's all we have this week for. The penultimate episode of season three. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to all of our lovely patrons. And thank you to our noopsies who are joining us. We're so happy yes. to have you on our network. Welcome. Definitely. Welcome. And thank you as always for yes. joining us and your Volchuk takes. My pleasure. If you like what you're hearing and you're an Apple podcast listener, please consider rating and leaving us a review. Five stars is pretty great and the preferable number. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can reach out to us at Let's Talk OC on all social media. And if you'd like to send us an email, we're Let's Talk OC at Gmail. We love hearing your thoughts. If we can't Definitely. say it enough, if you're <laughs> sick of hearing it, we're never going to stop saying it. So <laughs> yeah. just get used to it because we want to hear from you. And because next week is the finale, please send us your thoughts on this huge deal. Huge. 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 Huge deal of an episode and a really, really big plot for the series. It's the biggest thing to happen in the OC. It's the biggest thing. The biggest thing to happen in the OC. That's a perfect way to put it. But I am not ready, but unfortunately I will have to be. Yep. And we will see you guys next week for the finale of season three, The Graduates. After dark, after dark. dark. Let's talk. Let's talk. Oh no.
Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Liz, no, really. how is it here? I don't know how it's here. Okay, I feel like I've broken. been mentally preparing myself for the last three seasons and it's still not enough. Like I don't think I'll be able I just I'm glad in a way, like we've been saying, that we're watching it separately because Yeah, I know. I don't know if I could watch it. I mean I, Yeah, and just I she has like we said before, Marissa literally was bad for like an episode and a half. It's, and so the way that they build her back up again and the positivity that she's had in her life and her relationship with Ryan and like her relationship with her mom is not is like the best it probably will ever be. And then her sister. And now you're just like, come and take that all fucking away. And I felt that the plot and the storyline for her to go see Caitlin was a goodbye. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a total closure. They needed to Mm -hmm. follow up with that. I do think that maybe we could have had that specific plot maybe in the middle of the season and then had some other way of like wrapping them up together. But I agree totally that it was them them wrapping up their relationship, Mm -hmm. which is awful. Yes. (laughs) I know. She's so good in this episode. And (sighs) and I just, I almost don't have words to describe. I know. How... Well, watch season four. It just will not. It'll be the OC, but it will just be not the OC. Yeah, it's it's a different take. I I very much enjoy. No, season I'm. Listen, I've said we're looking forward to it, but we're, I'm just sad that yeah, in the fictional world of the OC, my favorite character doesn't is not alive. Mm. That's weird right. to think about, and also very dramatic of me to think like that. Like, oh my god! But also to think that way because let's do it because we can and we are talking about a fictional story mm-hmm. right that, we've been talking about it for this entire time yeah so. <laughs> you know just the idea that she dies so fucking young yeah a fucking so car crash because her stupid ex wanted to talk to her yeah we all know people Ugh. who have died i know and that's the so sad young. thing of it is that it's so it's just real life i know and that is it's true it's an right. accident that can yeah, happen right. any day. And yeah. one decision you make, you know, like you could leave your house, you know, two minutes late and, you know, and, you know, just miss like a major accident yeah. or, you know, two hour, two minutes early yeah. and like get caught in something, you know, yeah. yep. it's so one true. decision it's you don't even know you're making. So it. scary. Yep. We have a couple but, of. Oh, go ahead, Liz. No, I was just going to say it probably hits you even differently now because this entire time you've been saying. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Marissa Cooper is my favorite uh, character on the show. So now that you've solidified that she's your favorite character, yeah, oh, it's just going to be even that much more difficult to watch because we've raised her up on this podcast. Like she's the epitome, I feel like, of the OC. And if you could see my arms right now, I have them like lifted over my head, like I'm <laughs> yeah. pushing her up to the sky. Like, like Ryan holds her. She's like an angel. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I truly, it's true though. It's, I don't know, because then I think, I'm like, well, Seth really, Seth Cohen goes with the OC. Like, Ryan Atwood goes with the OC. But Marissa Cooper, but she's so... She's an institution. I know, but, well, but it just, I guess, annoys me (laughs) how many people are like, she's the worst. And I'm like, she's really not. I was in that camp for a long time, too. She's not the worst. She really isn't. Come at me and let's argue Because she's not. She's. Yeah. I was that person all yeah. those years ago saying, yeah. oh, Marissa Cooper is the worst. She's yeah. the worst. Not that I wanted her to die. Of course, I would never <laughs> wish that upon anyone. And it was so devastating to watch someone so young die. But now I can't even, 
I don't even know what I was thinking. What was I thinking then? Uh, what? It, how probably, was I watching it in completely different eyes? I it, don't get it. It's probably a sensibility that comes with age. Yeah. I As guess an adult, so. do you is that the thing? When you're an adult, you appreciate Marissa Cooper more. I think I think Maybe. it's probably true because you just see she's just like she's not even that she's not even making. I mean, she's, she's making terrible even, decisions, but like. But even her decisions have pretty much been justified and very much in line. Right. Like I mean, like different in line, but like everyone has made really terrible decisions, you know. So right, right. You know, hers are just like so. You just critique them so much for some reason. Why? I you mean, know, we, like we've just, it. I feel like this has been the Marissa Cooper, we defend her podcast. The, apolo- yeah. the apology tour. I'm sorry. The apology <laughs> yeah. tour, the exactly. Apology like, tour. we defend her and we defend Taylor, big time. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Taylor, Taylor, deserve, t- Taylor, you know, you, you can't not defend Taylor after going through season four with Taylor. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. But people do not like Taylor and people hate Marissa. And I'm like, you know, and. Once I feel like once your like illusion of Ryan is broken a little bit, Marissa becomes a, a much more like you know understood character because like that's that's sort of the thing. You look to Ryan; he's like he's the hero, and she just does things to like drag him down. Like everything she does, like forces him to do something bad. When in reality, it's really Ryan making that choice, right. and Marissa mm-hmm. like it's just like living her life. And Ryan's the one making the terrible choices. She's just like, hey, I'm trying to do my thing. And she's also been there to help him. Same. You right. know, like, like. So they, they need have, each yeah, other. Yeah. They're like a little codependent, I guess. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. We had some comments from yeah. our listeners. Michael, I can't believe we are one episode away from the finale. It took so much willpower to stop the DVD after this episode ended. Aw. I remember seeing the preview for the season finale, and it was crazy. They definitely wanted to hype people up for it, and it worked. And oh, he, I wonder what happens in the preview. Well, he posted the link for us. Oh, thank so you, you, Mike. Can I can't watch. wait to watch. We have to wait two weeks for the finale after this episode aired. That's oh. true. Oh. Yeah. I remember seeing the previews the following Mondays during the credits of House and being so excited for it. I laughed this week when Michelle said she forgot Kevin was in next season. <laughs> he is part of a main plot for the first few episodes. I think his last episode is the Thanksgiving one. Oh. On one hand, I'm so excited to get the Thanksgiving and Christmas episodes for season four and discuss them. But on the other hand, it means Let's Talk OC is closer to ending tier. Right. On the bright side, this just means new things will be coming to IT3, and that is never ending. IT3 forever. My heart. For next week's podcast, are we allowed to talk about Marissa dying, or are we still keeping that in after dark? I think it's pretty obvious she dies, right? I don't think it's an open-ended ending. Um, Interesting. I mean, I guess you have to watch, well, you'll have to, you guys will have to watch we'll it. We'll have to and watch judge. and discuss this. Yeah, yeah right. It's, like a, it's not like a Marvel thing where, you know, it's like, oh, but he's he dead. I also right, just true, would like true. to know where our listeners are. Right. Or yeah. do you know Or do you know? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, t- uh, let me start over. Vic, she writes, the moments with Marissa when she was walking down the path in the schoolgirl outfit, I got teary-eyed because I knew that soon she was not going to be there. So I guess being the finale next week, my question for you, is this the last After Dark, unless you'll be talking about season four in After Dark? Are you going to keep doing it? No, I think we'll still have After Dark, right? Yeah, Yeah, because there'll still be things that are coming up that we don't want people to know about, I guess, right? Yeah. I think that that we'll we'll definitely keep After Dark just to tease little up, because you won't know what's coming, and I could always tease you a little bit. Yeah. 
Same. I, don't, I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. But yeah, I think we'll keep After Dark. And then as far as Marissa's death is very... Like, who doesn't know Marissa Cooper doesn't die and is listening to our podcast? Right. I Yeah, I guess we really have to see next week if it's that open-ended. Right. Where you're like, wait, she could still be alive. But I feel like, I like we know. said, you're a diamond in the rough if you don't know Marissa Cooper dies in the O.C., like, that's just, like, a given, I think, when you hear about the OC. That's, like, one of the first things and, like, the biggest thing that could be spoiled for someone is that she dies. So, yeah. I mean, I knew about it way, 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 way before I ever started watching the show. Right. I just didn't know how she died. Right. But I knew she did. Yeah. Everyone in my high school was like, Marissa ah, Cooper dies. And I'm like, oh, my God. I don't watch that show. Oh yeah. But that sounds sad. <laughs> I don't think Bobby knew. Oh, wow. I'm not surprised. And Aunt, did you, you didn't know. No, I didn't know. Why would I know? I don't well, even yeah. think I was like, I don't aware think... of the OC. Well, I'm sure I, mean, I didn't I tell you. OC, we but... dated for, what, two years before I made you watch it? Was it really that long? No, it was probably not no that long. No <laughs> <laughs> I was, was like, wow, like really? Probably. <laughs> probably the first year. I'm sure. I probably wouldn't have told you that. No. You know, you no. wouldn't You wouldn't have. I'm, sh- I, I'm sure I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. It's really fucking sad. And it's also, it's just a, we said this too, and we're broken records, but whoever is in After Dark, they're part of the OG club with us. Totally. So it's fine. But it's like, you know, it's the end of our season three of the podcast. Yeah. I mean, that we're wrapping alone. up on our yeah. babies, you know, it's, it's like a really it's not fun time. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's exciting, it's very, but it's not. Yes. It's like a mix of emotions. Like you're so excited to get to that final season and discuss and see what happens. But then as the weeks tick on, you're like, oh, shit, it's another week closer. It's another week closer. I mean, the anxiety I felt like when we had when we were finishing up Tree Hill Talk, it was just like, but our show's not ending, you know, we'll still have bonus content and blah, blah, blah. But it's still, like, there's that content of, like, you're literally not watching these characters anymore. You're just, like, discussing what happens after the, like, aftermath. And it's it's crazy. It's a weird feeling. It is a weird feeling. I mean, they'll forever be in my heart and I'll forever. continue rewatching. Would you think you'll ever rewatch this series? Um, I would love to watch it with Randy. I'd really have to force him to watch it, oh. I think. Really? He wouldn't like it? I would love I, for him to watch it. Not that he wouldn't like it. I think like he would obviously want to watch everything else way before it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> um, true. Like It would never be his first choice, uh, but I would love to re- I would love to rewatch it with him. But I don't know. It's hard for me. Like I go back and I watch One Tree Hill like before the events and stuff. And it was honestly, I was like, wow, I really want to pay attention. I really want to like see how I feel second time around. That was this will be then my third time around watching the OC. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I will. Maybe just not yet. Yeah, definitely not yet. <laughs> yeah. I also definitely. have to see how we're going to shape the episode, too, because how could we not talk about the episode and not say that she dies? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you, right. Gonna ha- yeah. I think I, think I will. Just gonna have to. I yeah. think I'll start off the episode and be like, if you really don't know what happens, watch the first episode of season four. Come back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because truly, because there's no way you can't touch upon it. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah, giant. Gee, I wonder what happens. <laughs> like I guess we'll have to find out. Yeah, we can't play. Four. And the whole episode, we're just gonna be like, well, we know what happened. So right. I don't yeah. know. I, I think I remember it. And I could be wrong because maybe Michelle like kind of spoiled, but I definitely feel like I remember it being 
definitive when I saw it. When you watch it, like without any com- you know confirmation needed, when you watch it, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. know because like, Ryan she's carries dead her because in of, his yeah. arms. You just right. know that so, she's dead. So, so I, think, I think it's going to be definitive. Misha confirmed it. Then you going into season four, like you already know she's dead. We all know. Whereas, knew. like, yeah. people yeah. that never watched it and yeah. never knew that, if they came into right. watching season four, obviously it's people grieving about her. So, right. yeah. yeah. You so just maybe, find maybe you out just then, do that but... for your listeners. You just rip the band aid off, you know, just like how everyone right? else knew immediately. <laughs> you know, just this, is, this was part of the experience. Now we grieve. Oh, that's true. <laughs> this is part of the experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else, Liz? No, just the as I was watching that scene with Marissa and Caitlin, I really was like, "Wow, yep, that is it. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> I'm not ready." Yeah, I but. really have to say, with this episode, total. I remembered Seth and the fire. I remember Marissa helping Caitlin. Totally forgot about the Volchuk and Ryan situation. Like totally, one hundred percent. It was like I was watching for the first time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't remember like going into the episode, but I definitely remembered all of it as I, as like, it was unfolding co- as I was watching. I did not remember any of that. I was like, "Wow, Michelle!" <laughs> Again, I'm impressed with you. <laughs> right? I block it out so it's new every time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, until the finale. The, until the finale, guys. Have a great week and give yeah. us send us your thoughts. We know you will. Yes, yes. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>